And we come together and when we open the scriptures, we, I don't take these times lightly. These are, these are times that I've waited on the Lord because I know that, that once, once in seven days, and this is how the Lord has designed the body of Christ, and this has been happening for 2,000 years, not like it's something we came up with, but I believe there's a kind of a cycle, spiritual cycle in our lives. Once in seven days, we need to sit under the ministry of a God-called person, God-called man, and we need to hear a message that God has given. And I believe I have that message for us today. We're looking at Elijah again. I'm amazed at how the prophets speak to us. I'm amazed at how not only, not only their messages speak to us, but their, their lives and their actions are prophetic. And how God has little lessons and nuances of little nuggets of truth in in uh, these prophets. And so we're going back to 1 Kings chapter 17. If you have your Bible, open there. And we're going to read several verses here. I want to preach today on this subject. And it's found actually in, in the passage here. I want to talk about the brook Cherith. The brook Cherith. Elijah was called to set by a brook called Cherith. And we're going to go, we're going to sit there with Elijah today, and we're going to see three things. We're going to learn three lessons today that happened here. We know that in this first verse it says this, Elijah 17 and 1, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab the king, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. So here is Elijah and he goes to the king. God commands him to go to the king and to bring a message. And it was a message that wasn't popular. It's really not popular today either. But it's a message that was a message of judgment. Because the nation had turned to idolatry, Baal worship. And the Lord had a message for them, and he brought that message. Now, I don't think that was an easy message to preach. Now, you know that some messages are easier than other messages. Now, of course, we know that it's much easier to bring a message of encouragement. It's much easier to bring a message of blessing. It's harder to give a message like this because when you're dealing with correction and when you're, you're, the Word of God is confronting, this is, it's harder to do that. It's not, you know, we don't accept that as much, as, as, especially if someone like Ahab is disobeying the Lord. But, but he, here's the thing, Elijah had no choice in the matter. You understand, if Elijah was going to be God's servant, he had no choice in what message to bring. Because it, it wasn't his message, it was God's message. And he had to deliver the message just as it was given by the Lord. He had no choice. And I would say that to us. If we are going to be the Lord's servants... And, and, and by the way, the church in this day, the church is prophetic. The church is prophetic. And if we as a congregation at Trinity Life Church, if we are going to be God's servants, then we must bring forth the message and we must speak the message just as it was brought to us by the apostles and the prophets. It is the word of the Lord. And so... After he delivers that message, then he gets another communication from the Lord. And look at it in verse 3. In verse 3, here's what it says. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by 
the brook Cherith. Do you see that? Which flow, now this is, listen, when God communicates with us, he makes it very clear. Notice how clear the communication is. Tells him where to go, tells him what direction it is, and even tells him what's going to happen there. It flows into the Jordan, verse 4. And it shall be that you shall drink from the brook. Now here's something extraordinary. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now let me tell you something. There's an important message right there. Stay with me. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord. Notice he went and he did according to the word of the Lord. He didn't stroll around Samaria after he gave the first message. When God spoke, he quickly obeyed the word of the Lord. For he went and he stayed by, here's the title, the brook. Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. We just pray the Lord's blessing to your heart today as I, as I bring the word of the Lord to you. Bless our hearts. Lord, bless your word. May the name of Jesus be glorified. So we go to Cherith. We're going to see three things. We're going to see a command. We're going to see the care of God. We're going to see one more thing as we get to the end of this message. We're going to see how that God uses the circumstances of our life to build character in us. It's important that we build character. So the first of all, we see the command God gives Elijah. I've already referred to it. It's a very simple command. Go to Cherith. Go to the brook Cherith. Here's where it is. East of Jordan. Its tributary flows into the Jordan. And I want you to go and I want you to stay at Cherith. Let me, I want to say this. I'm going to begin by saying this. As I said, there's so many nuances, so many little nuggets. There's dozens and dozens of them. But I would say this. God always has an assignment for us. Every one of you that are here, every one of you watching, every one of us has an assignment from the Lord. Everyone in God's kingdom is called to serve. Everyone has an assignment. You have a spiritual, you, you, listen, you have at least one spiritual gift from the Lord. And some of you have many spiritual gifts. Some of you have several spiritual gifts. Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10, 11 says, as each one, listen, as each one has received a gift, so minister it out of the manifolds grace of God. You're a steward over what God's given you. There's so many wonderfully talented people in our church. There's so much love. There's so much care. There's so many singing and music and just care and organization and teaching. And all of you have an anointing from God. Every single one, every one of God's children is an anointing, is anointed. And you have an anointing to serve. You have a gift from God to serve His body. You have an assignment. Just like Elijah had an assignment, you have an assignment. Now, you have an assignment, but here's what you need to know. you got to activate it. You have to activate the assignment. Now, I'm going to read this passage in Romans 12. This will be on the screen. Romans 12 and 1. Look at this. I beseech you, brethren, 
by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Let me just paraphrase it. God's enormous love and grace has been so bestowed upon you and I through the cross, His death, His burial, His resurrection, the enormity of the grace of God. God bankrupted heaven, mercy upon mercy upon mercy. And because of that mercy, let it inspire you. Let it inspire you to serve. Let him serve. Serve out of the mercies of God. Let, let his mercies just thrust you into a world to share Christ. That's the paraphrase. That was kind of the amplified version. But I want you to notice this. Notice as we get to these gifts here. Verse 2 talks about not being conformed, but be transformed. And it talks about the perfect will of God, the command that Elijah got. Here's the will of God. Here's the assignment of God. Here's the plan. Now notice this in verse 3, Romans 12, 3. For I say that through, through the grace given to me, to, to everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but soberly as God has dealt to each the measure of faith. For as many, listen, verse 4, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now here it is. Here's the activation. Verse 6. Having them gifts differing according to the grace of God given to us, let us use them. Let us activate them. You have an assignment. You have to activate the assignment. No, notice this. Uh, if it's prophecy, prophesy. If you have a prophecy, prophesy. A proportion of your faith. If ministry, use it to minister. If it's teaching, teach. Exhort in exhorting. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. What is he saying here? He's saying you have an assignment. You have a gift. You have an anointing. You have to activate it. You have to act upon it. You have to use it for the glory of the Lord. No one has the luxury of idleness in the kingdom of God. Idleness is a dangerous thing. Idleness allows the enemy to wheedle his way into our lives. David was on the battle, should have been on the battlefield, but he decided to stay home and be idle. And, oh, you know, I won't go there, but the, the, the horrible consequences because of idleness. Do you know, if you're, you know, if you're busy for the Lord, it gives the enemy less chance to access our lives. Stay busy for the Lord. Keep your mind full of the Lord. Keep your heart full of the Lord. Keep your uh, body and activity for the Lord. Let the Lord use you. You have an assignment from the Lord. No lazy people in God's kingdom. In fact, do you know that the Lord has a lot of negativity to say about laziness? He has, he has more, more to say negative about laziness than he does drunkenness. The proverb says this, the way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns. The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright, uh, the way of the upright is a highway. Here, here's what that means. The lazy person, all he can see is obstacles and problems, and he always makes excuses. It's always a reason why they can't do this and can't do that, I can't do this. But the Bible says the way of the upright is a highway. In other words, the righteous see opportunities and possibilities, and they pursue it. There's a highway before us of service before the Lord. There's going to be more than all of us can do. We're going to need more help in the future because there's just going to be so much the Lord wants us to do in our community that we've got to activate the gifts, talents, and abilities which the Lord has given us. Everyone has an assignment. You say, I don't have an assignment. Well, listen, 
if you don't have a new assignment from the Lord, it's probably because you haven't obeyed the last assignment. If, 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 if you haven't done what the Lord has spoken to you to do in your assignment, then you're not going to get another assignment. I mean, if Elijah, when Elijah went to Ahab, if, if he had, listen, if he had received, okay, I have the message for Ahab. If he hadn't gone and given that and fulfilled that first assignment, Ahab, this is what the word of God is. There's going to be no rain nor dew except at my word. If he hadn't done that assignment, he would have never got the next assignment. So if you don't have any new assignments coming down into your life from heaven, then it's probably because you have an assignment in waiting. There's something the Lord wants each of us to do. Can I hear an amen? A.W. Pink in his commentary on Elijah says this, and I quote, God does not grant fresh revelations until there have been a compliance with those already received. End quote. It's interesting, this assignment that the Lord gave Elijah, it wasn't near as exciting as some of the other assignments. I mean, who wouldn't want to go before the king in, 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 in spectacular, prophetic fashion? King, thus says the Lord. Who wouldn't want to stand on Carmel against 450 prophets and call fire down from heaven? But this new assignment, hey, Elijah... I want you just to go set by the brook. I mean, you know, that's a hard thing for a prophet to do. Prophets are men of action, men of bold action. So some, some uh, assignments are not near as good as other assignments. And I find that there's not a lot of Christians who are interested in the Cherith Brook assignments, but there certainly are very necessary. So what are the what does Cherith represents? I think Cherith Cherith assignments represent those private parts of our lives. It represents private service, not public service. Setting setting by the brook at Cherith represents those parts of our lives, those small details of my private life, those things we think about, those places God says go and don't go. Those those moments Alone with God. But I want you to see this. Elijah obeying this assignment. And you're going to see this in the second point, And that it was vital to his spiritual and physical well-being. Because in this assignment, what God was going to do, he said he's going to do it at Cherith. He's not doing it in Samaria. He's not doing it in Jerusalem. He's not doing it in, in Gilead. He's doing it in Cherith. He said, I'm going to do certain things, but in Cherith, by the brook Cherith, I'm going to do certain things. And if he's not there, he doesn't get the benefit of these things. I want to say to us, and I pray you listen, the well-being of our lives is connected with how we relate to God's plan and will. The well-being of our life, the well-being of our congregation has to do with how we are responding and relating to God's will for our lives. There is a verse in little John, 3 John. It says this, this is the NIV. Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health. And that all may go well with you. That all may go well with you. Even as your soul is getting along well. And then he says, I have, 
I ha- I, uh, it gave me great joy to have something. Now notice that it may go well with you, but notice this. It gave me great joy to have some of the brothers come and tell me about your faithfulness to the truth. Obeying the assignment. Listen. And how you continue to walk in the truth. Obeying the assignment and the will of God. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Listen. The well-being of your life is related. You say, I want everything to go well. How are you relating to the will of God? Are you obeying the assignment? Are you doing exact what? Listen. All of us, you know. Uh, I've called you to a worldwide ministry. Oh, yes, wonderful. I've called you to pick up the trash at the church. Well, I don't know if that's, you know, maybe somebody else has called it. No, there's Cherith moments. Come on, amen? Trouble comes when we don't go to Cherith when we're commanded to do so. Listen. I have come to believe that most of the problems in Christians' lives are not the devil, but because Christians have some form of disobedience in their lives. That doesn't mean there's not troubles, trials, and storms in the will of God. Absolutely. But I have come with the how many people I've dealt with over the last 35 years. I can tell you. I believe most of the problems in Christians' lives relates to a disobedience toward the will of God. Because when we walk outside the will of God, we walk outside the blessing of the Lord. It doesn't mean He doesn't love us, and it doesn't mean that we don't even get general blessing. But I'm telling you, the Lord will not bless disobedient children. When we walk outside of God's assignment, when God tells us to go to Cherith, and we delay, or we deny, or we disobey, I can tell you, Things don't go well when we walk outside the will of God. We, we, have, we have illustration after illustration after illustration. When God told Jonah to do a certain thing, he did the opposite. And he got into a tremendous storm. And it says in that first chapter of Jonah, it says they knew that he had gone out of the presence of God. He, he had turned his back on the presence of the Lord. One of the most devastating stories to me in Scripture is King Saul. And you see King Saul, and many years before, the Lord gave him an assignment. Now listen, I'm telling you, the well-being of our lives, the well-being of your marriage, the well-being of our congregation, the well-being of every part of our lives as followers of Christ is directly related to how we relate to the will of God, how we relate to those Cherith commands. The Lord said to Elijah, go to the brook Cherith and just stay there. And we're going to see what happened there. I'm sure he's very glad that he obeyed the Lord. But Saul, here's what, at the end of Saul's life, I think it was the day or so before his life ended. Here's what it says. Samuel 28, 16. He says, so Samuel said, why did you ask for me? Seeing that the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy. And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke to me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. Notice verse 18, because. Everyone say because. Now listen, the well-being of our lives is related to how we respond to God's commands and will. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord to execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing, etc., etc. I just use that as an illustration. We all have an assignment. 
Just like Elijah had a command to do a certain thing. You have an assignment. I can't tell you what that is, but I know this. It is God's will that every single person, under the sound of my voice, whatever your talents and gifts are, that you engage them in the body of Christ. It is God's plan. And the well-being of your lives will, will be directly connected with that. Now, I realize that some things happen, some storms happen even when we're in the will of God. The disciples were in the boat with Jesus. He commanded them to go the other side, or he was to command them. He was walking on the sea. But he, in the will of God, they got into a storm. I realize that that happens, but I'm telling you what I've observed, that I think most of the problems in Christian's life can be directly connected to a point of disobedience in their lives. But Elijah obeyed immediately. He immediately obeyed to go speak to Ahab. He got a word again. He immediately went to the brook Cherith. And that is the command that God gave. But there's something else. Now, we, we leave Ahab. Elijah has spoken to him. Now, he's gotten a new assignment. And he makes his way to Cherith. East of the Jordan. And we see the second thing that happens there. And that is at Cherith, not only is a place of God's command, but we see something very beautiful here, and we see God's care. We see God's care demonstrated over Elijah's life in this very difficult time. Two, two things that Cherith is in the text, and that is, one is that Cherith is a place of protection for Elijah. Because what I want you to know is that Elijah needed protection. Because Abraham or Ahab was wanting to kill him, right? I mean, as you read later on, Ahab had been searching because, you know, the rain stopped. And I don't think he was looking for Elijah the first month. But six months in, it's getting a little dry. A year in, it's getting dry. Two years in. They're, they're into their third year and going into three and a half years of no rain and no dew. And now... Ahab is looking for Elijah. Ahab even got the nation surrounding there to make an oath and say, listen, promise me that you're not hiding him. Promise me that you have not seen Elijah. There was a death sentence. There was a, he was on the wanted poster at the post office. He wanted to kill Elijah. He even called Elijah a troublemaker. He, when he met him, he said, you troubler of Israel. He thought probably that Baal was mad, but it wasn't. Elijah wasn't the problem. You know, our world thinks Christians are the problems today. No. You know what? The church is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Do you know you're the answer? You're salt and you're light. You're keeping judgment back. Do you realize you're the blessing? You're the blessing on the world. You're the blessing on the nation. The church is the answer. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. But it was there that the Lord protected Elijah at Cherith. You know, the Lord can protect us. Now, here's, here's something else. Remember I told you the little nuggets that are, that are in his life. God told Elijah to withdraw. Basically, he told him to withdraw from prophetic ministry. I mean, Elijah was bolder than three men. I mean, when 7,000 were hiding out in caves, Elijah was the only one that had an active ministry. They were all gone. I mean, all the churches were gone. All the preachers were hiding out. There were nobody preaching. No one was prophesying. Elijah was prophesying. And then God says, okay, now, see, we would have said, no, we don't have anyone prophesying. We need to keep Elijah prophesying. But God doesn't think like you think. 
So finally he said, I want you to withdraw and I want you to go to the brook Cherith. Now listen, in a sense he's saying, I want you to withdraw your prophetic ministry and blessing from the nation. I want you to stop giving the message. I want you to stop giving the warnings. I want you to stop prophesying. I want you to stop and I want you to withdraw yourself to the brook Cherith. So think about it. All during that time, and there's a principle here, all during that time, he's at Cherith. There's no word from God. There's no warning from God. There's no blessing from God's word. There's no communication. All the prophets are hiding out. And now God has told Elijah to withdraw his prophetic ministry. You know what it is? Listen, it's a form of God's judgment. Listen, the withdrawal of Elijah's ministry is a form of judgment upon the nation. And there is a powerful principle here. A powerful, powerful principle in the life of Elijah. Jesus teaches on this. And you say, what is it? Here it is. Spiritual privileges that are neglected are eventually lost. In, in a sense, it's like this. Israel, northern Israel might not have verbalized it, and maybe they did. We don't want to hear you, Elijah. We don't want the Word of God. We don't want God. We don't want the Holy Spirit. And God came to a point eventually, God said, you, will, you don't want me, you won't have me. You don't want the word of God, I'll withdraw it from you. You don't want the spiritual blessings, I'll withdraw it from you. And so Elijah in a prophetic role, being told to withdraw his public ministry, is a form of judgment. God is withdrawing his blessing. Listen to me. Spiritual blessings neglected or eventually lost. Jesus said this, whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. He even used an illustration of an eye, that a healthy eye can take in light. A healthy heart can take in light. A healthy heart, a good heart, the good soul heart. The good eye can take in light and can see. But a diseased eye begins to be blinded. When our hearts turn away from God and we neglect our spiritual privileges, then we can't see spiritual things anymore. There's even, even the nation of Israel in that time, in Jesus' time, blasphemed the Holy Spirit. They became so hard. Jesus, it says this in John 11, verse 53, Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Now think about it. Think about the principle. Here's Jesus. Came as the Jewish Messiah. Here's Christ. Came as the Jewish Messiah. And he's preaching and he's healing. And finally, they rejected him. And they rejected him. And they rejected him. Remember, if you don't want God, he'll withdraw from you. And here's what it says in the next verse. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly. Just like Elijah, he withdrew himself from public ministry and started preaching in parables. Do you realize that he even concealed the truth? The parables, in a sense, was a form of blessing, but it was also a form of judgment. He was revealing the truth to those that were hungry and spiritually healthy. He was concealing the truth to those who had rejected him. Have you ever seen a deeply spiritual person? I can tell you, they didn't get there by laziness. Have you ever seen someone that had 
a rich spiritual life. They, they knew the word. They had a spirit of grace. They had a spirit of knowledge. They had a spirit of servanthood. You know why? Because what God gave them, they used it. And God gave them more. Have you seen someone with a spirit of prayer upon them? It didn't start out that way. They, they, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to be my prayer warrior. And they, gave it, they, they yielded to that, and then God gave them more. You see someone have a, that has a thorough knowledge of the Word of God? I can tell you, God doesn't, you know, like the little picture, you know, open the head up and pour it in. He doesn't do that. There's quiet moments when we're, put, when we're tooling out and mining out the spiritual riches of God's grace. We're getting in those commentaries. We're, we're getting in those word studies. You, you're, you're getting in, the, the, getting below the service where the, where the goal, you know, the pebbles are on the top. But you get, you, you, you get a commentary. You get a word study. You get down and find where the diamonds are. Why? Because he that has more will be given and you'll have an abundance. But here Israel said, we don't want God. And God said, then you won't have me. Elijah, go to Cherith. He wouldn't have his word anymore. He wouldn't have his warnings anymore. They wouldn't have his instruction anymore. Why? Because the lights were being turned out. Withdrawing. Listen. There's a place, Cherith, quickly. Cherith was a place of protection. Cherith was also a place of provision. Now listen, we're here we're in building time. Listen, listen to this. God said at Cherith, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to provide food and I'm going to provide water for you. Now, you know, the Lord knows our every need, right? Now, think about this. The food that God would provide was a miracle. Everybody say miracle. God said, I'm going to cause the ravens to come and feed you. Now, you read that, and if you don't dig in there, you'll miss it. You'll miss the miracle. Now, here's here's the miracle. So I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Every day, morning and evening, twice a day, dominoes showed up on the, you know. <laughs> I don't know how you are. I don't like folks delivering. I don't do the food thing. My wife does, but I, I imagine some crazy stuff about where that food's been. But here come, the, here come the caterers, the ravens. He commands the ravens. Now listen to this. Here's a nugget. God commanded the ravens to do what is absolutely opposite of their nature. Do you know that God has unusual ways of meeting these children's needs? If he has to command the ravens, if he has to move heaven and earth to get our needs met, he will if we will trust him and obey his assignments and his commands. Here's what a minister said, Talmud Minister Talmud said, here's what he said. He said, the ravens are an unlikely source of supply. And and I quote, it is a bird fierce. That that we have fashioned one of our most repulsive words from it, ravenous. The bird, this bird has a passion for picking out the eyes of men and animals. It loves to maul the sick and the dying. It swallows with vulturous gulp everything that it can put its beak on. And yet all the food that Elijah would get for six months came from the ravens. It was completely opposite of its nature. Here's the message, and that's this. 
It may be a raven that doesn't want to do what God wants, doesn't want to do by nature what, what it needs to do. God can make people and circumstances do what they don't even want to do to bring our need. There may be people in this whole process here that don't even want to give to us, but they can't help but give to us in this. Why? Because our sovereign God can even bring the miracles pass to meet our needs. It's at the brook. Now, I'm going to wind this down. Don't look back. Remember Lot's wife. Don't look at that clock. <laughs> the ravens were a miracle. Now listen to this. The water was not a miracle. Drink by the brook. Water was not a miracle. Ravens were a miracle. Water's not a miracle. You shall drink of the brook, verse 4. Not miraculous. Here's what I've learned about the Lord. He's not running a welfare program or an entertainment industry. Okay? God won't do what you... He won't go fill your car up. Oh, Lord, fill my car up. Well, no, just go use your little card and fill it up yourself. God's not going to give you a miracle when you... He's not going to do what you can do. He's not going to do those natural things that are within your reach. He's not going to shop for you. He's not going to come mow your grass for you. We don't need a miracle for those things. And the Lord's not into an entertainment industry just to, to give miracles to entertain people. The ravens were a miracle. The water was not a miracle. Here's the message. The message is this. The message is that the Lord wants us to do those natural things in His mercy, in His grace, in obedience. But in saying that, when we need a miracle, we have a miracle God that can bring us the miracle. Listen, if I need to go get gas in my car, I'm just going to go do it. I'm not going to pray for a miracle. If, if, I'm, if I'm sick in my body, I'm going to go to the doctor, and then if he says, there's nothing I can do for you, I'm going to say, God, I need the ravens to show up. Isn't it amazing how balanced the word of the Lord is? And then the water wasn't forever. It dried up. Here's another message, and that's this. That sometimes streams dry up in our lives. Focus in here. Sometimes popularity dries up. Sometimes a job can dry up. Sometimes a friendship can dry up. Sometimes a supply can dry up. Why would God call the prophet to Cherith, command him to go there, bring miracle raven, drinking out of the brook, and then all of a sudden, after six months, it dries up? Here's the reason. How many of God's people are trusting in this world? They're tr- even, even, even the gifts of God, even the, ble- the, the water was a blessing, the ravens were a blessing, but we start trusting in those. We start putting our faith in those things. And God will allow things to dry up in each of our lives so we'll get back upon the one who is the source, the living God. Our God is able to meet every need. We're not looking to an individual, we're not looking to a method, we're not looking to some, even some gift that, may, that God may give. Let's trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our understanding. Let's trust in Him. But here's the thing, if the source dries up, God hadn't dried up. See, now, get this. All, 
If the source dries up for you, all it means is God's got a new source in waiting. Okay, come back next week. There's a new source. If, there, if something dries up in your life, don't get in despair. It's another source. Another source is coming. Another avenue is a blessing. It's coming. God is not out of ideas, and he's, his resources shall never run dry. I want you to stand. If, uh, if you come to the piano or someone come to the piano, I want you to stand. And we're going to pray for anyone that wants prayer. The brook Cherith. So begin to play. I want you to listen to me. It was at Cherith that God commanded. He commanded the assignment. When we're in God's assignment, in God's will, God will send the ravens. He'll bless us. He'll, he'll meet every need that we have. But Cherith is also a place of character building. Because serving the Lord is about walking with God. It's about developing character in each of our lives. It's not just about natural talents. I'm sure that Elijah had some great and wonderful natural talents. But you know, I've seen people with lots of natural talents ruin their own lives because they never develop character. At Cherith, Elijah was learning quietness. He was learning solitude to get quiet, away from the crowds, away, away from people. And what solitude is, is time alone with God. Time alone with God. You meet God, but you also meet yourself. Every person needs alone time with God. Listen, if, if all the minister does or the teacher does or the workers do, if all the time we're with God is when we're doing public, 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 we're not building character. We need that time alone. Look at every great person in the Scripture. They spent solitude hours with God. And then he was also learning humility. You know, people that are used greatly by the Lord, there's a temptation to pride. And the Lord was going to head that off in Elijah's life. You can't have a lot of pride at a Cherith. I mean, it's a little brook. You're hiding out. You're all by yourself. You're sitting there morning and evening waiting for a bird to come give you some food. And you're drinking from a water that's getting less. God has a way to humble his servants. Because humility is the most important spiritual virtue there is. Nothing more important than we humble ourselves and clothe ourselves with humility. And the last thing he learned, he learned to, to wait upon the Lord. He learned patience. Because when it dried up, what was he going to do? When it dried up, what was the, what was the prophet going to do? Is he going to go, oh, well, I've got to come up with a, get with my committee and do a plan or get another plan. No, he had to wait on the Lord. He had to patiently wait on God. If we're going to build this church, we have to be patient. If you're going to serve the Lord, you need to learn patience because it's going to take longer than you think it is. To do what God wants to do in your life. You need a patience. And after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now, I want you to bow your heads for a moment. Here's the question. Are you at a brook, Cherith? Maybe you're a person that you feel like some things have dried up. Maybe a friendship. Maybe a source. 
Maybe, maybe you don't know what your assignment is. But Pastor, I feel like what you said today, at least in some ways, relates to me. I feel like I'm at a Cherith moment. And I need you to pray for me. Let me, let me just see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to wait a moment. God bless you. God bless you. Just wait quietly in his presence. Pastor, pray for me. I'm at, I feel like what you said relates to where I am in my life. I'm at a Cherith Brook, and I'm in a waiting season. Some things have dried up, and I don't understand. Pray for me. Let me see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray right now. Father, you see every hand that was raised. And Lord, you care so deeply for us. Lord, you are at work in our lives. You're building character. You're teaching us solitude. You're teaching us how to trust you for the miraculous. You're also teaching us how to manage the the natural. You're teaching us how to wait. You're teaching us how to listen. You're drawing us close to you in those solitude hours. Lord, I believe that some that raised their hand this morning, they've, they've got burdens that they really can't even articulate and share with others. They feel like they're at a Cherith brook. But Lord, remind your people that, it, that Cherith is a place of your provision. And Lord, you are providing everything that we need. Child of God, if the Lord has to send a raven, if he has to move heaven and earth, he will reach you. The the enemy cannot stop. Listen, the Lord can spread a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I want you to know that Elijah was in the middle of Baal territory. Baal's territory. Enemy territory. And yet God was feeding him. And child of God, the Lord is going to meet your need. The Lord is going to meet your need. The Lord is going to bring you what you need. Wait upon him. Be still, the scripture says. And know that he is God's. Be still. Rest in Him. Don't be agitated in your spirit. Don't think the Lord has forsaken you. No, no. You're at a brook, Cherith. You're at that moment of waiting. God is very soon going to have a new assignment for Elijah. And the Lord will have a new assignment for you. Wait upon Him. Wait upon Him. I want you just to lift our hands. All of us, just lift our hands. Lord, we just worship you. We submit to those Cherith moments. We submit to those Cherith Brook moments. Father, we submit to you. And I pray for strength all over this room. That person, those several people that raised their hand today, that special grace would be given them. And that, Lord, that they would just be patient in their assignment to not move to the right or left, to not get hasty, to not run out of the will of God, but to stand and to do your will. For he that does the will of God will abide forever. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. Oh, hallelujah. Our God shall provide a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Come on. Can we say that? He will provide a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Say it again. He will provide a table before us in the presence of our enemy. One more time. He will provide a table before us in the presence of our enemies. 
as you leave this place, I want you to leave with this. Nothing can stop God's blessing. Getting Listen, he knows where Brooke Cherith is. He can, he can get the blessing to you. Oh, Pastor, you don't know about this enemy and that enemy and that thing and this job and that down. Listen, the Lord can get his ravens to you in Jesus' name. In fact, I'm telling you, some ravens are coming. Look at me. Some ravens are coming your way. God's dispatching ravens. Maybe even this day, before you get home, ravens are coming your way. The miraculous of God. Come on, lift your hands again. Come on, ravens are coming our way. Oh, hallelujah. Ravens, we're going to sit and wait upon the Lord. We're going to watch. We're going to watch His salvation. Wow. We're going to watch His salvation. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I just want to stretch my hands toward this property. Ravens are being sent right now. Come on, stretch your hands that way. Ravens are coming. Ravens are being dispatched by the Lord our God. Ravens are being dispatched to bring the meat, to bring the supply, to bring the provision. God can even cause circumstances in people that it's not even their nature, but they're going to do what you said because you are the sovereign God. You can make them willing. You can soften their will. You can speak to them. God, ravens are being dispatched. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. Man, I wish we could just eat lunch and come back and do this in an hour or two. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is good, is He not? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dismiss you. I love you. I love each of you so much. Receive this word today. Feast on it all day long. Amen. All week long. Father, I thank you for your precious people. Thank you for your church, Lord. This is your body. These are your people which you've purchased with your blood. Church, I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I ask it in that name above every name, the name of Jesus. 